listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you'd like to discuss today's reading, head on over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group and be able to interact with other readers and followers. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria. All good and holy God, we thank you for the life of your servant Maria of Agreda. May we follow her holy example and shun the allurements of the world and abandon ourselves to your perfect will. Like her, may we enter into the quiet of heartfelt prayer and find your presence deep in the silence of our souls. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Immaculate Conception, may we pursue with deepest longing and profound purity of heart, mind, and body. By the prayerful help of Venerable Maria of Agreda, may we become holy and radiate the light and life of Christ to all we meet. Amen. Today is day number 111. We are reading from Volume 2, Chapter 14. We'll be reading paragraphs 180 to 189, and we'll also read the chapter in its entirety. Chapter 14. Of the attention and care which the Most Holy Mary bestowed upon the fruit of her womb, and some happenings in regard to it. 180. As soon as our Lady and Queen issued from the trance in which she had conceived the internal incarnate word, she prostrated herself upon the earth and adored him in her womb, as I have already said in the twelfth chapter, number 152. This adoration she continued all her life, commencing it at midnight every day and repeating these genuflections three hundred times, until this same hour of the following night, and oftener, whenever she had opportunity. In this, she was even more diligent during the nine months of her divine pregnancy. In order to comply entirely with the new duties consequent upon the guarding of this treasure of the Eternal Father in the virginal bridal chamber, she directed all her attention toward frequent and fervent prayer. She was solicitous in sending up many and reiterated petitions to be able worthily to preserve the heavenly treasure confided to her. Accordingly, she dedicated anew to this Lord her soul and all her faculties, practicing all virtues in a heroic and supreme degree, so that she caused new astonishment in the angels. She also consecrated and offered up all the motions of her body to the worship and service of the infant God-man within her. Whether she ate, slept, labored, or rested, she did it all for the nourishment and conservation of her sweetest son, and in all these actions she was inflamed more and more with divine love. 181. On the day following the Incarnation, the thousand guardian angels which attended upon Most Holy Mary appeared in corporeal form, and with profound humility adored their incarnate king in the womb of the mother. Her also they acknowledged anew as their queen and mistress, and rendered her due homage and reverence, saying, Now, O lady, thou art the true ark of the testament, Deuteronomy 10.5, since thou containest the lawgiver himself and preservest the manna of heaven, which is our true bread. Receive, O queen, our congratulations on account of thy dignity and happiness, for which we also thank the Most High, since he has befittingly chosen thee for his mother and his tabernacle. We offer new to thee our homage and service and wish to obey thee as vassals and servants of the supreme and omnipotent king, whose mother thou art. 
these protestations and homages of the holy angels excited in the mother of wisdom incomparable sentiments of humility, gratitude, and love of God. For in this most prudent heart, where all things were weighed with the scales of the sanctuary according to their true value and weight, their reverence and acknowledgment of the angelic spirits, proclaiming her as their queen, was held in high esteem. Although it was a greater thing to see herself the mother of the king and lord of all creation, yet all her blessings and dignities were made more evident by these demonstrations and homages of the holy angels. 182. The angels rendered this homage as executors and ministers of the will of the Most High. When their queen and Our Lady was alone, all of them attended upon her in corporeal form, and they assisted her in her outward actions and occupations. And when she was engaged in manual labor, they administered to her what was needed. Whenever she happened to eat alone in the absence of St. Joseph, they waited upon her at her poor table and at the humble meals. Everywhere they followed her and formed an escort and helped her in the services rendered to St. Joseph. Amid all these favors and obsequious attendance, the Heavenly Lady did not forget to ask permission from the Master of Masters for all her operations and undertakings and to implore his direction and assistance. So exact and so well governed were all her exercises according to the plenitude of perfection that the Lord alone could comprehend and properly weigh them. 183. Besides the ordinary guidance during this time in which she carried in her most holy womb the incarnate word, she felt his divine presence in diverse ways, all admirable and most sweet. Sometimes he showed himself to her by abstractive vision as mentioned above. At other times she saw and beheld him as he was now present in the virginal temple, united hypostatically with the human nature. At other times the most holy humanity was manifested to her as if in a crystalline monstrance, composed of her own maternal womb and purest body. This kind of vision afforded special consolation and delight to the great queen. At other times she perceived how the glory of his most holy soul overflowed into the body of the divine child, communicating to it some of the effects of its own blessedness and glory, and how the clarity and light of the natural body of her son passed over in a wonderfully sweet, ineffable, and divine manner into herself as mother. This favor transformed her entirely into another kind of being, inflaming her heart and causing in her such effects as no created capacity can explain. Let the intellect of the highest seraphim extend and dilate as much as it may. It would nevertheless find itself overwhelmed by this glory. Proverbs 25:27. For the entire being of the heavenly queen was an intellectual and animated heaven, and in her was summarized the divine glory and greatness in a measure that even the most confines of the heavens themselves could not encompass. 184. These and other prerogatives altered and succeeded each other in accordance with the exercises of the Divine Mother, and such variety as suited the different kinds of work with which she performed. All her doings, whether spiritual or manual or otherwise of the body, served her God and benefited her neighbor, being undertaken and accomplished by this prudent maiden to produce a harmony admirable and most sweet before the Lord and wonderful to the angelic spirits. And when, by the disposition of the Most High, the mistress of the world returned to a more natural state, she suffered mortal agony caused by the force and violence of her love. For to her could in truth be applied what Solomon says in the name of the spouse, 
Stay me with flowers, compass me about with apples, Canticle 2.5. And thus it would happen that by the piercing wounds of these sweet arrows of love, she was brought near to the ending of her life. But in this necessity and powerful arm of the Most High was wont to strengthen her in a supernatural manner. 185. Sometimes, in order to afford her sensible relief, innumerable birds would come to visit her by the command of the Lord. And if they were endowed with intellect, they would salute her by their lively movements, and dividing into harmonious choirs, would furnish her with sweetest music, and they would wait for her blessing before again dispersing. This happened in a special manner soon after she had conceived the divine word, as if they wished to congratulate her on her dignity and imitation of the angels. The mistress of all creatures on that day spoke to the different kinds of birds and commanded them to remain in praise with her, the Creator, and thanksgiving for the creation, for the existence and beauty given to them, and to sing his praises for their conservation. Immediately they obeyed her as their mistress, and anew they began to form choirs, singing in sweetest harmony, and bowed low to the ground to worship their Creator and honor the mother who bore him in her womb. They were accustomed to bring flowers to her in their beaks and place them into her hands, waiting until she should command them to sing or to be silent according to her wishes. It also happened that in bad weather some birds would come and seek the protection of the heavenly lady, and she took them in and nourished them in her admirable innocence, glorifying the creator of all things. 186. In our weak ignorance must not be estranged at these wonders. For though the incidents might be called small, the purposes of the Most High are great and venerable in all his works, and also the works of our most prudent queen were great, no matter of what kind they might have been. And who is so presumptuous as to ignore the importance of knowing how much of God's existence and perfections are manifest in the existence of all the creatures, how important it is to seek him and find him, to bless him and magnify him in all the creatures, as admirable, powerful, generous, and holy." Why should it not be our duty to imitate Mary, who overlooked no time, place, or occasion to attain this object? And how also shall our ungrateful forgetfulness not be confounded, and our hardness of heart not be softened? How can our listless heart fail to be aroused when we seek ourselves reprehended and urged for very shame to thankfulness by the irrational creatures, merely for the slight participation of the divinity that consists in bare existence? They proclaim his praises without intermission, whereas we men, who are made to the image and likeness of God, furnished with the powers of knowing him and enjoying him eternally, forget him so far as not even to know him, and instead of serving him, offend him. Thus it comes that a no wise man can be preferred to the brute animals, since they have become worse than the brutes. Psalm 48.13 Instruction given by our most holy queen and lady. 187 my daughter, thou hast received my instruction till now in order to desire and strive after the heavenly science, which I wish thee so earnestly to acquire, and which shall teach thee to understand profoundly what decorous reverence is due to God. I remind thee once more that the science is very hard to learn, and little coveted by men on account of their ignorance. For thence to their great loss it arises that in conversing with the Most High, or rendering him service or worship, they failed to form a worthy concept of his infinite greatness, and to free themselves from the darksome images of their earthly occupations, which make them torpid and carnal, unworthy and unfit for the magnificent intercourse with the supernal deity. And this is ill-bred coarseness, entails another disorder, 
namely that whenever they converse with their neighbors, they do it without order, measure, or discretion, become entangled in their outward actions, and losing the memory and presence of their Creator and the excitement of their passions, are completely entangled in what is earthly. 188. I desire, therefore, my dearest, that thou fly from this danger, and learn the science of the immutable being and infinite attributes of God. In such a way must thou study him, and unite thyself to him, that no created being will come between thy soul and the true and highest good. At all times and in all places, occupations, and operations, thou must keep him in sight without releasing him from the intimate embrace of thy heart. Canticle 3.4 Therefore I command thee to treat him with a magnanimous heart, with a decorum and reverence, with deep-felt fear of the soul, and whatever pertains to his divine worship, I desire that thou handle with all attention and care. Above all, in order to enter into his presence by prayer and petitions, free thyself from all sensible and earthly images. And since human frailty cannot always remain constant in the force of love, nor always experience the sweet violence of its movements on account of its earthly nature, thou should seek other assistance, such as will help thee toward the same end of finding thy God. Such help, for instance, is afforded by his praise in the beauty of the heavens and of the stars and the variety of the plants and the pleasant vista of the fields and the forces of the elements and especially in the exalted nature of the angels and the glory of his saints. 189. But bear continually in mind, especially this particular caution, not to seek any earthly alleviation in any event or in any labor which thou art to undergo, nor to indulge in any diversion coming from human creatures, and especially not in those coming from men, for an account of thy naturally weak and yielding character, so much adverse to giving pain, thou placest thyself in danger of exceeding and overstepping the limit of what is allowed or just, following more than is proper for the religious spouses of my most holy son, thy sensible linkings, the risks of this negligence, all the human creatures incur. For if full reins are given to frail human nature, it will not give heed to reason, not to the true light of the spirit, but forgetting them entirely, it will blindly follow the impulse of its passions and pleasures. Against this general danger is provided the enclosure and retirement of the souls consecrated to my Son and Lord, in order to cut off the root of those unhappy and disgraceful occasions for those religious who would willingly seek them and entangle themselves in them. Thy recreations, my dearest, and those of thy sister religious must be free from such danger and deadly poison. Seek always those which thou shalt find in the secret of thy breast and in the chamber of thy beloved, who is faithful in consoling the sorrowful and assisting the afflicted. This concludes our reading today for day number 111. We've been reading from chapter 14 of volume 2. We read paragraphs 180 to 189. Again, we get a glimpse into the petitionary prayer of Our Lady in our reading today. She was solicitous in sending up many and reiterated petitions to be able worthily to preserve the heavenly treasure confided to her. So she's praying for the grace to persevere always in the, in the state of grace, which perhaps she is unaware that she probably need not need pray that prayer 
because, of course, again, of the Immaculate Conception, but it realizes here her dependence upon God. But I think what we see here, she was solicitous in sending up many and reiterated petitions. How often is it that we ask Mary to pray for the same petition over and over and over again? Maybe you've been asking her to pray for the same petition for years, for a decade, for however long it has been. Persevere in your prayer. Then we hear all her doings, whether spiritual or manual or otherwise of the body, served her God or benefited her neighbors, being undertaken and accomplished by this prudent maiden to produce a harmony admirable and most sweet before the Lord and wonderful to the angelic spirits. All of her doings, both the spiritual things, the things of God, but then also everything that Mary did, whether it pertained to something religious or spiritual or the ordinary task, she did it for the glory of God. And that's why I think the morning offering is so valuable for us, that the morning offering allows us to offer to God everything of our entire day and say, Lord, I give this to you, my spiritual works, my physical labors, everything is yours. May it give you honor, may it give you glory. Perhaps a bit comical in our reading, but also as a person who loves bird watching, I very much enjoyed our little treatment about the birds coming to the Blessed Mother. The mistress of all creatures on that day spoke to the different kinds of birds and commanded them to remain and praise with her, the Creator, in thanksgiving for the creation and for the existence and beauty given to them and to sing his praises for their conservation. And then they were accustomed to bring flowers to her in their beaks and place them into her hands, waiting until she should command them to sing or to be silent. And it also happened then, bad weather, some birds would come and seek the protection of the heavenly lady. I just love this. I'm probably going to write a piece for one of the Catholic websites I write for, because I think this is such a beautiful thing for us to imagine. But Mary encourages the birds to sing. They're singing their little melody. They're chirping away, and they do so for the honor of God, just as the nun sings the praises of God in the choir stall, just as the monk does the same thing, just as we sing the praises of God in the hymns that we proclaim. The very end of uh, this reading before the instruction, so in paragraph 186 today, we also heard um, you know, just about all of creation, merely for the slight participation of the divinity that consists in bare existence, they proclaim his praises without intermission. And so everything, because it's created by God, gives praise to God by its very essence, by its very being. So birds are able to give praise to God by existing and chanting, by singing, by chirping, as we heard. You know, there's one of these uh, acclamations in the book of Daniel. Ice and snow, bless the Lord. All you wild beasts, bless the Lord. And it goes on. All of these different elements of creation, praising and blessing God, because God allows them to do it by their very function that God has ordained. Go back then to the birds. We have their singing. That's an act of praise of God. But then they bring flowers to Mary. So I think about May and how we put flowers at the altars of Our Lady, how we crown her with flowers. And here the birds, animals, are bringing her flowers. They're placing them in her hands. It's a beautiful reality, I think. Just a picture. Close your eyes and envision a bird. And what type of bird is it that is bringing a flower to the Blessed Mother and placing it in her hands? 
And then lastly, it also happened that in bad weather, some birds would come and seek the protection of the heavenly lady. In bad weather, these animals knew they could seek refuge in her. Well, now analogize that to us. Well, in the bad weather of our life, in the storms that flare up, well, we seek refuge in Our Lady and we ask her for her prayers of intercession. I'm Father Edward Looney and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you and Mary pray for you.